41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do than move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Well, Marianne, it's come to this time when we are really so old and our bodies are falling apart, and I think I will follow you very soon. Know that I am so close behind you that if you stretch out your hand, I think you can reach mine. And you know that I've always loved you for your beauty and your wisdom, but I don't need to say anything more about that because you know all about that. But now, I just want to wish you a very good journey. Goodbye, old friend. Endless love. See you down the road. That was Leonard Cohen's final email to Marianne just days before she died. Her close friend, Jan Christian Molestad, wrote back to say that she smiled, quote, as only Marianne can when he read the message aloud to her. In her last hour, he wrote to Leonard, I held her hand and hummed a bird on the wire while she was breathing so lightly. And when we left the room after her soul had flown out of the window for new adventures, we kissed her head and whispered your everlasting words. So long, Marianne. So I think that uh, about sums uh, up the mood <laughs> yeah. tonight. I mean, yeah, wow, really starting it off on that note. But I guess what what else could be expected from um, the, the the final the final what because it's not the final album but know, it's, it's the, kind of annoying the, the final they, living album it's kind of annoying that they made that extra album yeah <laughs> just just for uh, terminology reasons but yeah that is that is so beautiful what he sent to her my god yeah so wow. we've done it mostly. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have finally come to the last album with an asterisk yeah right <laughs> You yeah, Want It Darker, 2016. I can't believe it. We started in 1967, mm-hmm. Songs of Leonard Cohen. Yeah. We saw it all. We saw the druggy highs, <laughs> the depressive lows, yeah, the electronic sounds of the 1980s, mm-hmm. the years away on the mountainside, the devastation of financial ruin, the yeah. glorious comeback of the Grand Tour. Mm-hmm. And after all of it, we're here on this little nine-song album. Yeah. My God. Makes you think. <laughs> it, sure, it sure does. Um, so as Leonard himself explains on the back of You Want It Darker, mm-hmm. after the tour ended in 2013, he began work with Patrick Leonard on a new album. Unfortunately, both men developed bad back injuries, especially bad in Cohen's case. And it was Leonard's son, Adam Cohen, who recognized that his father would fade away if he couldn't get back to work. Mm. So he set him up in a medical chair in his living room to record vocals, and he took over production of the album, using much of what Patrick Leonard had already created and, you know, creating much of his own material as well. 
worth noting, many of the songs in the credits say words and music by Leonard Cohen. So it um, would not be quite right to say he just sang some words and Adam Cohen turned them into songs. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll get into this, of course, but I think just one listen to this and you can tell that uh, there is a creative imagination at work that was not there on previous albums. Certainly. And that's really all I have to say about this. Okay. Um, we'll, I think we'll get into, in a sort of roundabout way, some more context uh, in the second episode. But Oh, okay, um, cool. For now... That's about it. Okay. Uh, we, we've talked about um, Adam Cohen, uh, uh, you know, mentioned him here and there on the podcast. I'm, but I, I am blanking right now. Has there been any sort of collaboration up to this point? Not um, musically. Not in any of that kind of recorded official capacity. Okay. okay. Um, I'm sure they've played together many yeah. a time. Yeah. At home. But... I'm sort of remembering like a one-off thing. I do, I do too. But I, do, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't have it in my head what that is. So. Yeah, I don't know. So let's move past it and feel free to write us angry letters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're just going to get right into it, starting with the cover, as okay. always. Now this, I like this. Me I, too. I think this is one of the strongest visual... Oh introductions to an album we've had this whole time absolutely we've got leonard cohen sitting in a suit and a hat and sunglasses smoking a cigarette and he's leaning out of a window but it's not a normal window <laughs> you get the impression that uh we are in the the void we yeah. are we are occupying just an absolute no space right now yeah and we have this one window onto the world and all it is is a dirty white background and Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I, I think I think this is great. It's just black and white. It looks very clean. It looks appropriate. The the um, font is tasteful and and well placed, in my opinion. I, th I have a theory. Every cover where the the words Leonard Cohen and then the album title are in opposite corners it's a good album cover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> various positions. And I also think, um, you want it darker is a, is a great, I think that's one of the great album titles in my opinion yes. for him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, what we got on the back here. Ah, well on the back, we learned that actually he doesn't live in a void <laughs> sticking out of a it's, picture it's frame. The same picture, but in a normal house. Mm hmm. Still good. Yep. And, uh, was there anything to remark on with the, the liners? No, not really. Okay. It's got the lyrics, black and white, classy. And then you have a, a little bit of a, a sort of a mirroring of the, the rectangular frame with an illustrated um, uh, hum, hummingbird, right? Yep. That's a hummingbird. <laughs> yep. Yeah, coming out of it. Um, something I wanted to mention, but I was going to save it to the point when we were going to move into the tracks. One thing that uh, I like about this... Whether or not this was intentional, I like that this is sort of a mirroring of the first album. It's mm. like a bookend. Yeah. It's you have the, you know, it's bl the black background and it's him within a frame. That's true. Very simple. But this time he is partly exiting the frame. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you had anything else to say about the album cover, but I had a, I had a question that I wanted to go into the album with. Great. 
Okay. Um, so the reason, like, I think, I think of that is because, um, do, do you think that at least on some level he knew this was going to be his last album? Yes. Okay. Probably. Is there more? Cause I know there's some context that comes about later. Is that a part of it? I don't, cause I don't well, know at this point, like where he was like in terms of illness or anything. I don't even even know like how he died in the end. Um, he had cancer, okay. but it's, it, you know, it's not totally clear. It's kind of just old age, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just say it now that um, instead of delving into any reviews at the top of side B, uh, I was just going to mention the famous and long New Yorker article that came out in 2016, Oh, which is all about Leonard Cohen and the... Pull quote from that for a lot of people was when he said, I'm ready to die. Mm. However, in a press conference a little later for this album, when they asked him about that, he said something like, you know, we're all prone to self-dramatization. Right. I plan to live forever. Okay. Well, it's it's good to have a good attitude. Yeah. So I I think it's a bit of an open question, but yeah. definitely the possibility was much much stronger than even on the last two albums. That that said though, with with you um bringing up like that that poll quote, I, you know, it's a simplification, but I would say that largely this does have a feeling of like I'm ready to die colon the album. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, we're about to get into the first track, yeah. and he he says that. Yeah, right. Uh, well, do you want to... Oh my god, we're starting on You Want It Darker. Oh, oh my god. boy. Shall we, shall we kick it off? If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then mine must be the shame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. So, I mean, right off, this is a song that is utterly unique in his entire catalog, I think. We have basically the sound of his electronic work, except that it's much more controlled Mm. and more particular, I think. It's like, a lot of the time with his electronic work, it works really well because of like the casualness that it implies. And like uh-huh. that works really well against the seriousness of his voice and his lyrics. Yeah. But here it seems like instead of just picking presets from like a Casio. Oh yeah. We, like a lot of care has been put into getting the tone of this just right. Yeah, definitely. To actually match the seriousness of the lyrics instead of like play against it yeah and the the sound is a little if you can imagine it darker yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true um but while it has the sound of the electronic stuff i think it has more of the effect of his acoustic work i see what and you, like yeah the, especially when it's been more darker and serious like um songs of love and hate and some of old ideas it leans more in that direction yeah yeah this combo with that sweet bass line and then the 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 chorus which i, I it sounds like it's 
like a men's chorus. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? Yeah. Yes, that is is the Congregation Shar Hashomayim Synagogue Choir. Apologies for pronunciation. You did great. That's the synagogue. I say that not knowing <laughs> how it's pronounced. I said it fast. It was a good, yeah. It was a confident pronunciation. That's the synagogue <laughs> that um, Cohen's great uncle, I think, founded, and the one that he attended as a child. So, yeah, lots of resonance there, and the, and just, I mean, it sounds so good. Yeah. I've always, I think we've talked about this a little bit sometimes where the female backing vocals act like a sort of ray of sunshine on the darkness of his music. In this case, I picture more of like when the moon is reflecting on the water at night and and just that like strip of brilliant whiteness, but it's colder and darker and just scarier kind of and you know how we love that imagery of moon reflected in <laughs> bottle hmm? <laughs> i think it was wasn't that um wasn't that something from a ballad of the absent mare oh maybe yeah yeah and i think there was another one i'm not just pulling this out of absolutely nowhere i mean who doesn't <laughs> like the image of a moon it's reflected great in yeah the water? one of my one of the best things there is yeah <laughs> it's great uh but yeah i mean it, w- tonally were set off immediately with, if you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. Mm-hmm. I think that just really gets you strapped in for what the rest of the album is, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think before we get into the lyrics too much, okay. we should just mention the voice. Which, you know, we've been tracking the the ever deeper levels <laughs> to which it goes the deepening with uh with great interest and appreciation we have tracked these levels and we may have reached the bottom absolutely <laughs> yeah i was trying to like or i wasn't even trying to i that's the wrong word it just the image came to me of like scraping goo out of the bottom of a barrel it's unreal or like when you when you reach down when you're swimming in like the ocean or lake and you reach down to the bottom and just like drag your hand through like the silty like scummy yeah muck beneath the water uh-huh that's what it's like i mean i'm just gonna oh just yeah play, play a little the bit clip. of the chorus <laughs> yeah. because wow yeah hey, nay, 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 nay. i'm ready my lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's unreal. It's like inhuman almost. Yeah. I mean, he, he can't go any further yeah. <laughs> on this particular journey. So yeah. I hope he's ready. Presuming, if we were to presume this is a conversation with God, can we presume that? Yeah. Uh, why, why does he want it darker? Well, <laughs> if God controls things. Yeah. That's a reasonable conclusion to reach from the evidence we have, I would say. Oh, like you mean if just... God, ba- if God is controlling things, then presumably he wants things this way. And oh boy. Yeah. Are things, I mean, this album came out in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> uh, late in 2016. Uh-huh. In fact, it came out the same week that Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton in the election. Yes. <laughs> so darkness is there. 
Uh, I always think the line, I didn't know I had permission to murder and to maim. Uh huh. I always find that really striking. It feels like a direct response to this rise of Trump and like the, yeah. the, all this naked hate that he inspired people to like much more publicly declare. Yeah. Which for some time people had uh, felt the need to keep hidden within themselves. Yeah. Most people, obviously, there was right, right. Not everybody, but no. <laughs> but there was a a marked rise in uh, public hate. Yeah, in 2015 and 2016, I would say. I think that's fair to say. Very. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's just kind of Leonard Cohen looking around and being like, "Oh, so this is what you want." Yeah. Okay. Well, because uh, I, I find it interesting because on on Genius, uh, in the the. Uh, sort of main annotation of the song it uh references uh, a press release that came with the release of the titular track saying that it delves into an unflinching exploration of the re- religious mind and i find this interesting knowing that like with various religions leonard cohen has been fascinated throughout his whole life and like is like has been a religious and or spiritual person throughout his life and certainly throughout the recorded career. And yet this is such like a pessimistic look. Well, I think the word unflinching is important there. Yeah. And I think this comes up a few times on the album Mm -hmm. of, you know, this idea of at, on the one hand saying things like I'm ready, my Lord, and being very accepting of the various foibles on display in life Mm -hmm. as uh, has often been Leonard Cohen's mode. Yeah. In the past 20 years or so. But then that is sometimes contrasted against this much darker and even you might go so far as to say doubt or even like turning away from yeah, God or one's religion or whatever sort of spiritual thing you're dealing with at that time. So yeah. it's a really interesting mix. Yeah. Well, that that goes with... Um something else I because I brought up the the first lines of if you are the dealer I'm out of the game and then it comes up again at the end but it's if you are the dealer let me out of the game mm. which is such a great change yeah uh and just makes it just gives it more of that like oh no <laughs> like <laughs> that feeling of being like trapped or that there's no escape from whatever that kooky old god's up to <laughs> yeah but I mean like uh all the great songs I don't think it uh, can be pinned down to just one thing because no. you can also be like, you want it darker? Okay, I'm going to go. And now the world is darker because oh, yeah. Leonard Cohen is no longer here, mm. which is like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I th- I think that's in there. I think it's, it's kind of funny to, I mean, this is like the darkest humor we've seen yet from a man right. who loves his dark humor. Yeah. But like, he had a poem around this time called Kanye West is not Picasso, um, which has lines like Kanye West is not Picasso. I am Picasso. Kanye West is not Edison. I am Edison. I am Tesla. Jay-Z is not the Dylan of anything. I am the Dylan of anything. I am the Kanye West of Kanye West. So <laughs> he's definitely like uh, in his work at this time exploring like this kind of self aggrandization that Uh is such a part of popular culture as he sees it. Yeah. And I mean, just everything we know from Leonard Cohen, we can assume 
that this is a joke. Right. At least 99% of the way. But yeah. there is like the little, you know, the one little bit. Oh, where certainly. It's like, yeah, I, I've been doing this forever and I'm great at it. This is a man who said I was born with the gift of a golden voice. Like mm-hmm. he knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also incredible just the fact that speaking of pop culture, this is essentially a pop song in the sense that it's not classical and jazz. Yeah. It's popular music. And it's a pop song that absolutely, completely, earnestly, and realistically has the singer declaring that he's ready not only to die, but to die and join the Lord that he earnestly believes is there. Like, right? how does that even happen in the 21st century? How is that a song that exists? That's crazy. That's so true. Yeah, I I think about that a lot, that it it is interesting how... um, I think because, oh God, I'm about to share something embarrassing now. So I have, oh God, this actually genuinely, I'm genuinely embarrassed to share this right now. (laughs) There are a couple songs by a little band you may have heard of called Creed that I, (laughs) that I do enjoy. I think they're great, like karaoke fodder, although I've, I've yet to bust one out, but I'm thinking about it (laughs) and they are, they are like an earnestly like Christian band and like with things like that, I think a lot of the times they come under ridicule and by they, I mean like Christian music in general, because like it just, I guess tends not to be very good. Mm. And like the, the lyrics lack a certain um, nuance or artistry beyond just kind of plucking from scripture. So I guess that's, that's the the difference, how he's, how he's gotten away with it this whole time. He brings like himself to it. Mm. It's not just like this sort of face value yeah, I mean, like, throughout history, so much of great art has been religious. But you think, like, maybe back in the day, you got, like, Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. Uh-huh. But maybe you also got, like, a whole bunch of other people painting other lesser chapels. <laughs> yeah. And they're just, like, the creeds of their day. <laughs> they're just, oh you know... I'm glad we're running with this They're <laughs> They're just putting an angel there just because you're supposed to have an angel. Yeah. And, just, and it's completely uninspired mm-hmm. and nothing personal about it. Yeah. Trite. For every Leonard Cohen or Michelangelo, there's a thousand creeds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, creed, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't even remark on the fact that, like, I think this song's great. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that just goes just, without saying. Yeah, let's just say it's a great, it's a great tune, great uh, title track. Yeah, I mean, it's if anything, it's it's too good. <laughs> um, not definitely not that I'm saying the rest of the album isn't good. Uh huh. But this has such a, like I said, it's completely different than everything else we've heard from Leonard Cohen. Yeah, in like such a strong way, and yeah. it's got such a power to it that it does like to some degree, I think, overshadow or at least threaten to Mm. much of what comes after. Mm. But what that comes down to is just me saying the song's really good. So (laughs) I'm not going to complain too much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And now I guess we'll move on into those other songs. Okay, great. The next one is called Treaty. I'm angry and I'm tired all the time. I wish there was a treaty. I wish there was a treaty between your love and mine. This song is beautiful. It is. And it baffles me a little bit. Okay. 
I think there's just more going on in it than I can really pick apart. But yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do here. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I think this, I mean, I think in some ways this might be the second heart of the album, if we're calling You Want It Darker, the the main heart. I think this one's like super important to what Leonard Cohen's trying to say. And it is just very stuffed full of symbols and meanings to the point where I get a little bit lost. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Oh, for sure. But so, yeah, that's why we're doing this. Definitely. I, I have just remarked various verses and lyrics with no particular observation, just ones I want to bring attention to. But before even getting to that, I want to work on something that's going to start to sound like a criticism, but it ends up like not really being a criticism. I'll just say it. All right. So the beginning, you have those piano notes. And when I first heard this, I was like really intrigued because I'm like, ooh, I feel like we could be moving to like another sort of musical direction, uh, something we maybe like haven't heard from him. And then we get a sound that's like familiar, at least it's maybe not exactly the same, but it's a more like in line with, and I I was sort of like, oh, okay. And I was kind of wishing for that, but then ended up getting something that was still like, this is a very beautiful song. So like, it's okay. (laughs) Um, And when I say it's okay, I don't mean the song's okay. I mean like, it's okay that that's what we got, I guess. Yeah. A part of me, like, I don't know if you had that at all. And I mean, you would have heard this been you've been listening to this for years now but like i did have that the first time where i was like i just thought it could be going away we're like oh something we haven't heard from him yeah i always get a little um confused when the, the song starts up I'm really like, Wait, which song is this well yeah because it doesn't re- like it sets itself up and it doesn't really sound like yeah. the rest of the song yeah i mean this is something i've sort of been coming to terms with this whole project of ours is like on the one hand sort of wishing that Leonard Cohen would take a few more left turns yeah. in the music. Yeah. And on the other hand, coming to accept that he's the type of artist that just wants to uh, take the themes that he works with and just keep drilling down into them yeah. and perfecting them yeah. rather than trying something new all the time. And that does mean that, you know, we get this song, which is about as beautiful as it could be. Yeah. And like the music is... I would say on the whole, the music is more beautiful here than on the last couple albums. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to judge. Popular Problems wasn't really going for that kind of beauty very often. Yeah. But compared to old ideas, I think, I mean, I love that album and I love many of its songs, but there's uh, there's a little more richness here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This song has... Kind of a strange structure also. Okay. Um, it's hard to say what the chorus is exactly mm. because there's the parts when it says, I wish there was a treaty we could sign those quote unquote verses. Yeah. That gets repeated and it's like, sounds a little bit different than the main verses, but then there's also the, uh, the stronger change. Yes. When he says they're dancing in the street, it's Jubilee. And I want to play that for a second. Great. Oh, they're dancing in the street, it's jubilee We sold ourselves for love, but now we're free I'm so sorry for that ghost I made you be Only one of us was real 
that was me. I love this bit because I don't know. It's like there's a slight skip to the step here. Yeah. But only just the slightest one where the song actually like reminds me of an old man who is still feeling things, joy and happiness just as deeply as anybody else, but can't express them fully in the body the way that a younger person can. Mm. And I like that that's just reflected in the song. It's just like, it's a little bit jauntier, but only, only hardly. Yeah. And, and to combine that with they're dancing in the street, it's Jubilee, but we're, we're not really, we don't sound like we're dancing in the street. Here. Yeah, for sure. We sound like we're opening the window and smiling down at the other people who are dancing in the street. Ooh, nicely, <laughs> nicely put. <laughs> yeah. From, from that section, I, I made a note of, um, I'm so sorry for the ghost I made you be. Only one of us was real and that was me. Mm-hmm. Now, there's because yeah there's there's a lot going on in this song as we've talked about there's sort of allusion to jesus and or god but then i think you know it's leonard cohen so i think it also stands to reason that there could be like a partnership mm-hmm. that he's talking about here which both those ideas within the context of i'm sorry for the ghost i made you be take on very different sort of meanings mm-hmm. but within it's it. I I guess I was thinking of it more with the in the idea of a partnership and like it's a pretty like. It's honest, <laughs> and like, uh, this sort of like, sort of just a, a very plainly like selfish statement. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anywhere else to go with that idea. Yeah. Well, I think those lines have been interpreted, um, to do with like the idea of amuse and like treating a. Ah. a human partner as a muse yes um which makes sense but it's a experience that goes beyond that like how many of us have in any kind of relationship with someone you know without meaning to you imagine them to be someone that you want them to be yeah a character in your story yeah yeah instead of fully appreciating the actual human being that they are yeah Totally. So, yes, multifaceted line. Mm-hmm. Like all of these, yeah, it's, it's too much for our poor little, <laughs> our poor little brains. Um, let's just go back to the first verse for a okay. second. Um, I've seen you change the water into wine. I've seen you change it back to water too. So, I mean, I see this. This is kind of like what we were talking about of like this, um, this conflict between accepting and loving one's God, yeah, versus the doubt. And even anger that come out. So I've seen you change the water into wine. Okay. Like I once experienced something miraculous mm. and yeah. mystical and spiritual and spectacular, but I've seen you change it back to water too. Now that's gone. I sit at your table every night. I try, but I just don't get high with you. Yeah. Like the memories faded away. This person has just had to keep on living and eventually everything goes back to normal, mm-hmm. which is what happens to all of us, you know, we have moments where we feel more deeply in tune with the world and everything. Like whether or not you believe in a God, there's, there's moments when you can feel some kind of connection with the world as a whole. Yeah. But those pass away and fade and you just get swept up in your own like petty troubles instead. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, 
the refrain about the treaty, mm-hmm. I wish there was a treaty we could sign. I do not care who takes this bloody hill. I'm angry and I'm tired all the time. I wish there was a treaty. I wish there was a treaty between your love and mine. This is all about reconciliation, I think, and this like right. endless struggle to fit two loves together, which of course is difficult if you're treating one person as a ghost yeah, and not as a, a second person able to love and be part of a partnership. Yeah. But it's a striking detail that Leonard here is angry and tired of this struggle and just wants it to be over. Yeah. Which is uh, fitting for this album, I guess, but dark stuff. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, I get, I guess it's, you know, not to discredit it, but I guess it's easier. Like when you're, when you feel like you're near the end of your life. Um, But it's just like, it's so we're two tracks in and it's already just like so honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not that that was ever really an issue with Larry Cohen. He's always, been a pretty honest artist (laughs) but like i guess honest in a way that's more like deeper yeah and um riskier sort of in a way like yeah i mean it's two different kinds of honest because you can have a song where you're like janice joplin gave me head (laughs) and that's really just more of a brag than anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry what were you gonna say well it's just like that's like a diaristic like confessional poetry kind Mm -hmm. of thing Mm-hmm. But then there's the honesty of just the depths of your soul. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. I have always wondered with this song, which is called Treaty, if uh, there was anything to do with, if he was thinking at all about indigenous people in Canada. Oh, okay. In this song, because of course the word treaty is pretty loaded here in Canada. Yes, it is. With that history. And this song he'd been working on for a long time, but, you know, this came out in 2016 and uh, I think it was 2015 was when the Truth and Reconciliation Commission published their report. And uh, mm. it was just very much in the public consciousness yeah. at that time. And so I've looked through the song. I've listened to it from that angle. I don't see a lot, but I do find something on that if you're looking for it in the second last verse or last verse depending on how you count it i heard the snake was baffled by his sin he shed his scales to find the snake within but born again is born without a skin the poison enters into everything which is of course uh can be applied to a personal story as well yeah but i was just with this in mind i was hearing these lines as like you know thinking of us uh, like settler culture Mm -hmm. just uh wanting so many people want to just Put the past all aside and just be like, no, we're good now. Yeah. Like we do land acknowledgements and we like people and we're nice to people. (laughs) Yeah. But if you just are like born again that way and don't actually consider the history and what's come before, then the poison will still enter in because you aren't actually like dealing with the history and the suffering and the truth of it. That that's great. So, I no idea I, if no. Leonard Cohen was thinking anything like that, but we can't know. But that'd be cool, and we're head canoning it right here. <laughs> and uh, I, and I'm glad you uh, came with that interpretation because I did want to bring up that verse because I just think um, oh, I just yeah. think that's just a good verse. Yes, <laughs> the, also the language in that is so yeah. cool. Yeah, 
Beautiful. Yeah, great tune. I was the sneak within. He yeah. shed his skills to find the snake within. It's pretty cute. I'm just picturing like a, a naked little pink snake wriggling yeah. out of his skin. It's cute. Yeah. Anyway, on the level. Let's keep it on the level. But I walked away from you. I turned my back on the devil. We had a friend uh, visit us from out of town recently, and she's a big um, fan of the National. And uh, one night we were talking about music, as we you know tend to do, and uh, the National came up, and she had said to you, I think, that she was surprised you hadn't listened to more of the National because, like, yeah, it makes of, no the, sense. of the Leonard Cohen influence and da-da-da. And it's funny because, like, this song, the verses, not the chorus, like, I think have such a National sound True. to them. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't think that because it, I don't know them very well, <laughs> but I hear what you mean. Uh, yeah, but especially just like you got the piano and like that, just like the 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 plunking of the guitar, yeah, whatever that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's it sounds so good. Yeah, it has a very like, it sounds very much like the Nationals. So okay. that was my. I guess I'll give them another shot. That was my kicking <laughs> off observation for this tune. I knew that it was wrong. I didn't have a doubt. I was time to get back home And you were starting out I said I'd best be moving on You said we have all day This song has female backing vocals in it But the first two did not I think that Mm -hmm. is the longest stretch Uh, Without the we've had in years Um, Amazing Decades maybe Yeah this is a a really good track three, I think. Yeah, we we've had some like pretty heavy going so far, and, uh-huh. and this is. Um, I mean, you know, the lyrics are still relatively heavy topics, but yeah, this is a gentler and more easygoing song. It's the sound of it is like almost kind of propulsive, while remaining very calm. What do you mean by that? It's it just it really like just pushes you forward through mm. it um that's true it, it's got a sort of like a, a wheel turning kind of vibe to it yeah i i like this one a lot it, yeah it's really nice it's got a good vibe yeah <laughs> I, I think to your point but at the same time there is still darkness here it oh, sounds for sure. like it's kind of like a a coiled up snake to use an image from the last ah, song yes. like it it feels as it goes on it starts to feel like it, if it was a different artist it actually like could explode into like some big if it was the national say mm-hmm. there'd be some giant finale sure could of, be. of course that doesn't happen here no um the tension does not snap it remains the whole time but, yeah uh but it still has that feeling of like uh that energy yeah a, a calm energy but energy nonetheless which is uh very useful in an album like this yeah there is there is like a within the song i think there's sort of like a back and forth tension even with like the verses and chorus because the verses have a little more of like a tension throughout and then the chorus gets like more like gospely and there's yeah. more of like a a looseness and like a ah like we a little bit of like a, a, a crack of sunlight coming through yeah uh but then like it, it sort of goes back and forth throughout um but yeah certainly not in the the complete release catharsis kind of way my favorite bit in here is uh, I was fighting with temptation, but I didn't want to win. 
a man like me don't like to see temptation caving in. That is good. Which I'm going to put right up there with the Oscar <laughs> Wilde quote in terms of uh, great lines about temptation. What did, what did he say? He said, I can resist anything except temptation. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that's just, you, I don't know. Having a, a man like Leonard Cohen, who we know all about his temptations, mm-hmm. having him at 82 years old deliver that line is just like delicious oh yeah it's so much fun yeah and you know i mean we talked a little bit about the very dark humor that you might be able to find in you want it darker if you look for it but this album as a whole has a lot less humor than some of the leonard cohen albums yeah that we know and love so when it shows up here it's uh it's very valuable in terms of you know, keeping you going and giving you a little bit of lightness and heart to get through the rest of it. Uh-huh. Um, and even beyond that, there's like a, there's a kind of casualness to this song mm-hmm. that's really disarming and relaxing in comparison with the previous two. I feel like I've used that word a fair number of times in this podcast, and it kind of seems like a funny fit for Leonard Cohen, but... I think it actually might be a really important part of his art. Like how many people would have listened to the sad religious guy singing <laughs> his very slow songs uh-huh. if there wasn't this kind of casual, I'm just a guy talking to you attitude behind yeah. it all. Like he doesn't always use, sometimes he like, you know, goes for the preacher on the Mount yes, mode. Certainly. But he can, he can bring that uh, just regular guy casualness when he needs to. And that's like, the the interplay between those two modes yeah really keeps you interested like over the longer haul of an album yeah yeah it's great um i just had a a quite because like i don't always have like the best grasp of language so i had a question i wanted to turn to about the chorus because i was sort of i was confused by it a little bit like grammatically Oh, yeah. No, I, oh. I don't know what's going on. Here. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's let's keep it on the level when I walked away from you. I think um, <laughs> let's keep it on the level, period. Okay. When I walked away from you, I turned my back on the devil. And, okay. And I turned my back on the angel, too. Yep, I guess that's cleared up easily enough. But also... I mean, it does, but it doesn't sound like that when he sings it. No, so uh, yeah. It, it does all just kind of flow in together. Yeah. And yeah, it's just this really like great summation of the problem of okay so in this song he talks about living in the temple where they tell you what to do so we're dealing with like um his uh forays into buddhism and zenness and all that Mm -hmm. and of course keeping it on the level is like the prime goal of buddhist meditation Uh uh-huh keeping even keel but so if you walk away from someone because they're making you feel uneven and you want to keep it on the level. Yeah. If that means that you're walking away from human interaction, you're turning your back not only on the devil, but the angel too. You're missing out on all of it. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't have an a- answer for it. It's just that is the problem. It's like, yes, attachment to others can cause suffering and lots of ups and downs. Yeah. And a Buddhist mindfulness and loss of ego can alleviate that. Mm-hmm. You can keep it on the level. But either way, you're missing out on something. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a tough old condition, this human condition. Oh, God, is it ever. Shall we leave the table? Yeah, all right. Why not? I'm leaving the table. I'm out of the game. I don't know the people in your picture frame. Do you have a term that describes that that opening guitar tone no it's such like a clear <laughs> it's a, such a clear like yeah. feeling and like you you've heard it in so many different things but i don't know like exactly it's like how to a pin it western down. yeah um reverb <laughs> yeah I th- you know what i think a western reverb <laughs> yeah yeah it's an Orville Peck song. I think Orville Peck. I even think a little um, Twin Peaks. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Okay. But it's, I, I mean, for me, it's always welcome to hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. No, it, it does sound great. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that in a way the first track on this album is kind of a trick. Uh, after the wildness of You Want a Darker, we're back to different but more familiar sounds. Yeah. But... I think overall, these are the most interesting production choices on a Leonard Cohen album. Yeah. Probably since he made the switch to electronic music. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's not in like a explosive, fiery way. It's just good, subtle arrangements that really capture the gravity of the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. If anything, it might be a little like too... Grav- gravitation is ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. too much gravitas yeah. <laughs> uh, or to, it's just you know it's a little bit afraid maybe to be playful yeah which has been like an important part of Lennon's music for a while that's true um but at the same time it means that like even if there aren't that that kind of su- even if there isn't that kind of surprise none of these songs ever miss the mark yeah. Like they all work very well. Yeah. For the lyrics that Leonard's giving. Yeah, for sure. This one's just um I mean again, it it just it continues the idea of like being, you know, being ready to go. But I'm this leaving the table. But this but this one's just like it's so resigned. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving the table. I'm out of the game. I don't know the people in your picture frame. If I ever loved you or no, it's a crying shame if I ever loved you, if I knew your name. There was actually another one too, I think, but I can't, (laughs) I can't think of it now and I didn't write it down. (laughs) So never mind. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm always struck by the, I don't need a lover. No, no, no. The wretched beast is tame. Mm. I don't need a lover. So blow out the flame. We kill the flame. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have a whole lot to say about the lyrics in this one. I, it's, it's pretty plain. I think it's like right there on the page or on the record. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, but his performance of the lyrics is one of the liveliest on this album mm-hmm. with those like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's always great. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, there was an instrument that confused me. Uh, if you can believe that Um, (laughs) I think it it comes in maybe around the third verse and it sounds it sounds like a a, a very like soft trumpet but then I think it reveals itself to be a slide guitar there's nobody missing 
there is no reward Little by little We're cutting the cord We're spending the treasure Oh yeah, that's wild But like that is the same instrument, right? It must be Like it just slowly reveals itself yeah that's really cool it's tricking us at first <laughs> but like right it, like i'm not crazy it does sound like no totally. like a trumpet it yeah sounds like a muted trumpet yeah yeah, yeah exactly I, did, I didn't notice that one yeah fascinating <laughs> <laughs> um cool well yeah i think it, that's all we have on that one i think it, i i think it's uh i think it's a nice track yeah yeah and now we'll close out side a with yes if let's. i didn't have your love oh and there was nothing left that you could feel That's how it would be What my life would seem to me If I didn't have your love To make it real uh, You might remember, I think it was on Old Ideas There was a song where I was complaining that He, he had a noise gate on that was turned up too high And he was cutting off the ends of his own lines Oh He has corrected that problem here Ah, and the yes. final sound of especially those first two lines are so clear. Mm-hmm. If the sun would lose its light. Yeah. And oh. we lived an endless night. Woo-hoo. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who doesn't, uh, you know, it's it's nice. It's just nice to, to, to have him. To, when you have someone who's like so great with words as he is, he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to do a straightforward romantic song. And he does it well. And it's lovely. Is it a straightforward romantic song? Is it not? What, what would you... Well, I mean, as always, Leonard Cohen, it could as easily be directed to God as a lover. Okay. But also, like, <laughs> the the images that he brings up are so extreme, like such horrific visions of an apocalypse... Yeah, I mean that that makes it a better love song, like a, a more intense one. But it it doesn't. I wouldn't exactly call it straightforward. Okay, like yeah, it's the, fair enough. The the tension between those two things are like as far apart as they can be. Uh huh. Um, I used to think this was kind of a lesser song on the album, maybe even the least of them all. Mm. But I think I'm coming around. Yeah, I know. I I like this one. There's no better voice than Leonard Cohen's 82 year old voice to be. Uh, describing those apocalyptic images like if the break of day had nothing to reveal is a really good one yeah or if the sea were sand alone yeah and you know what even me saying these out loud that i know they don't sound like anything but if you really listen and if you take it seriously and you meet the song halfway with your imagination this is really powerful stuff like if you actually think about if the break of day had nothing to reveal mm. that's so depressing yeah yeah i, I, I <laughs> just another sorry i don't i may have spaced out for a second i'm sorry if this is one of the ones you said but one of the descriptions i really like is if the stars were all unpinned yeah no i didn't say that one that, but, but yeah. it's a i mean they're all great well it's, a, it, it's funny because like the talk of like a straightforward love song and my immediate uh, urge to, to pin it as such. <laughs> um, it, it does sort of like it, 
to me, there is a kind of like taking a cliche and like putting it like turning it up to 11 or like pushing mm. it to its absolute extreme. You yeah. know, the idea of like, you know, uh, whatever the, the days are cloudy and rainy without you or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. that sort of like, you know, trite kind of uh, uh, description we might get in a generic love song. But this is just like absolutely go pushing that idea as far as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, in I guess <laughs> typical Leonard Cohen fashion. <laughs> um, and this sort of, this sort of quashes another point I was going to make because way, way back in, um, I forget if it was side A or side B of songs of Leonard Cohen. We were talking about wedding songs. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I think like th- this is as much of a contender as, yeah. as, the, as the other ones. I guess it has to be. Yeah. But when you get into things like if the sun would lose its light without you, or if the stars were all unpinned without you, doesn't it make a lot more sense that this is about God? Cause like I, literally if there wasn't God, we wouldn't have the sun. And the stars. Yeah, you know, I get. I guess I hadn't. I guess I hadn't thought of that. So, I, fair enough. I mean, I love that it works both ways. E- yeah. Um, Again, as it tends to. I have in my notes that, like, on the one hand, it's more obscure than ever whether this is a human love or a godly love. Mm-hmm. But then, on the other hand, maybe it's less obscure than ever in the sense that. I don't think it's ever been more clearly just both at once and maybe even other things besides like we're, you know, we're at the end of the line here. This is Leonard Cohen's not necessarily the best poetry he's ever done, but like uh-huh. the most like winnowed down to like exactly what he's trying to say. Yeah. And so this is just like the culmination of that project he's been doing his whole life of blurring those lines yeah so i totally agree with you it is like a a lovely love song on the one hand that (laughs) like does have this trick of like turning up these cliches to 11 Mm -hmm. and at the same time it's like another and maybe the most perfect collapsing of like that binary between human love and religious love right yeah i Um, think that's probably true I also want to note that on the subject of him being a very fine poet at this stage of life, Uh the, yeah, we've mentioned all these images. If the sun would lose its light, if we lived an endless night, if the stars were unpinned, but the last one that he does, the one you're left with is no one that you hurt could ever heal. That's how broken I would be what my love would seem to me if I didn't have your love to make it real. And he knows exactly what he's doing here. Like that should be so much smaller than if the stars were unpinned and if the sun would lose its light. Oh yeah. But it cuts the deepest. Like, yeah. What a barren place that would be to imagine if no one that you hurt could ever heal. Like that's so sad. Yeah. That's awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is the point when I realized that like, Okay, so preparing for this episode, I found myself somewhat reluctant to listen to this album. Oh, yeah? Which is kind of annoying because I was like, well, I have to. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but I, and then when I, you know, did, and it was around this point when I realized why I was reluctant. And it's because, like, this isn't music to just put on when you're walking to the store 
or like doing the dishes or whatever. God, no. Like this is as serious as poetry can be. And you're just not going to get all that much out of it unless you approach it on that level. Yeah. Like that's always been true to some degree, but I mean, we've mentioned throughout this episode, there's been a lot of like fun in previous Leonard Cohen albums that isn't here so much. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm your man. You can totally put that on and hang out. Absolutely. Even like the last couple albums, uh-huh. uh, lots of hangout vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this one is just, um, operating on a fully different level mm-hmm. and, uh, you have to be willing to meet it there. For sure. And if you do, oh boy, it's good stuff. Yeah. But that's the end of side one, side A. Yep. <laughs> the first side. Whatever you call it. Yeah. And uh, and that's the end of our episode. Yes. So we'll see you next time for side B if you want it darker. And we hope you have a great day. Yes. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Good night, friends. Thank you very much.